Real Talk with Real Mums is an expert-advised and mum-approved podcast series about the pregnancy journey. Each episode, I talk to mums and experts about a wide range of topics, but there's so much to talk about that we can't fit into our normal episodes. So we thought we'd do a series of short mini-episodes to answer the questions you've always wondered about and the questions you never thought to ask. We're calling these mini-episodes Contractions. Today I'm joined by Marion Brennan, who's an infection control midwife at the Rotunda Hospital. Let's start by talking about UTIs. I didn't realize that this is something you need to be kind of conscious of during pregnancy. Well, UTIs can be a bit more more prevalent in pregnancy. Like about 5% of women can expect to get a UTI during their pregnancy, right? Um, Whereas, I mean, women are, by nature of the anatomy... Are more commonly get UTIs anyway because your urethra where you pee from is obviously quite much closer to your rectum where you poo from. Most bugs that cause UTIs tend to be the bugs that live in your bowel. Okay. So, you know, and that is why when we're all very small, our mommies hopefully taught us to wipe from front, front to, to back. back. Exactly, right? <laughs> and most people have heard this. And, you know, even here in the hospital when, you know, moms have new baby girls, we always remind them to, to do this, right? But when you're pregnant... Um, there's a few, I suppose, things that can happen, right? Because, you know, your bladder is a perfect place for these bugs to grow. With your bump or your growing baby pressing down on the bladder, the bladder might not empty sufficiently right. every time you go. I mean, most pregnant women will talk about, you know, that urge to go and they go to the loo quite frequently. Yeah. But sometimes people don't go as often as they need to or when they go, they don't give it a complete empty. So there's things people can do to try and, empty their bladders a bit better okay things like you know a let the toilet be your friend go when you need to go and when you do go when you've done what you think you have to do just take a few moments and try again yeah double voiding is what it's known as but yeah just that second little bit to squish out the extra little bit is always a good thing to try and empty your bladder sufficiently so you're less likely to leave bugs inside i mean these bowel bugs quite often live in the bottom of bladders they don't cause big problems but in pregnancy you're more likely to develop a urinary tract infection. And the problem with pregnancy, of course, is that, you know, your immune system is turned off just a little bit to help your baby grow so you mm. don't reject your baby. So you're a bit more prone to pregnancy, to in pregnancy to getting um, these infections. Yeah. yeah. And of course, if it gets in your bladder, like a cystitis, that might be treated early if you recognize the symptoms. And it's important if you have any symptoms of urinary tract type infections. Um, you know things like burning and pain and going to the going to the loo. Uh, in particular, the, you get it treated either go to your GP or if you're having your hospital visit, those urine samples that they get, mm-hmm. it's really they're really important that we can check and tell somebody that you have it. So that if needs be, you can get treated with antibiotics. Mm. Only if you have an infection. So they are easily dealt with. They're very easily yeah. dealt with. Once, yeah, absolutely. And for most people, normal urinary tract infection, they'll get antibiotics for maybe five to seven days. And that'll be fine. Mm. Unfortunately, for some women, the bacteria, the bugs, t- can go up from their bladders right up into their kidneys and can g- end up getting a kidney infection, what we call an acute pyelonephritis. Right. And that can leave you quite sick. So you're trying to avoid that. So we're trying to avoid that because yeah. obviously the other thing that the pyelonephritis can cause 
and severe urinary tract infections can cause it the premature labor. Right, okay. Right? It's all connected. It's all connected. So speaking of a slightly compromised immune system, one thing that pregnant women are encouraged to get are extra immunizations during pregnancy. That's can you true. tell me a little bit about that? So the two ones that we would focus on mostly would be during flu season that they would get the influenza flu vaccine. So anytime from end of September right through till about May, April, May, GPs will give you the flu vaccination. The flu tends to vary from year to year, the actual strains of it. And, you know, at a bigger level, they figure out what vaccinations are important and what ones, and they put them into that vaccination to try and get the match, right? Mm -hmm. So just because you've been had the flu vaccine before, it doesn't mean you don't get it again. So every pregnancy would recommend you get a flu vaccine. And that protects the mum from getting the flu because pregnant women who get the flu tend to get it a lot more severely. And we end up quite often having people admit it. In right, flu. Okay. if you do happen to get a flu we, pregnant women are the group of people who actually do get treated with the antiviral medication okay so it's, it's, it's also worth going to your gp and not letting it develop and right. you need a little bit of help to, sometimes to um to fight it okay but vaccination is definitely the way to go the other vaccination we talk about in pregnancy being very important is the one for pertussis or whooping cough uh-huh. right because Whooping cough is part of the childhood vaccination program. Babies get it at two months, two, four, and six months, and they get um, boosters throughout life. Uh, most people do, but they get it, I think, at age four, and, you know, again, going before going to secondary school. But by the time people get to being pregnant age group, their booster, their immune system, immunity to a the whooping cough will have waned, right? right? So, you know, nature is wonderful at protecting the, the baby, um, and any antibodies and the ability the moms have to fight gets passed through to the baby in the later stages of pregnancy. But if you don't have enough immunity for the whooping cough, then you don't give it to the baby. And unfortunately, there have been some very sick babies as a result, as a result mm-hmm. because they're not going to get their own jab until they're like two months old. Yeah. So wh- when you get your whooping cough vaccination from your GP um, during your pregnancy, you're actually protecting your baby so that it's safe until it gets its own vaccination. And then, of course, your baby gets its vaccinations once it's born. But even before it gets those vaccinations, I think it can be a little bit panic-inducing for lots of parents when you have visitors coming over and people are breathing around your baby and they're touching your baby. And, you know, how worried do we need to be as parents about those kind of things? Well, I mean, you know, if the people coming over are generally well and healthy, right, the breathing is generally not too much of a problem, Mm. right? probably wiser if you've got somebody who's you know particularly during you know the winter months when you've got flu-like seasons i mean and they're coughing and to ask them perhaps to stay away yeah. however during um a as regards the other bugs and things like that most of those are caught are spread by hand by touching right so a maybe getting people not to touch your baby but i know that a lot of moms like and definitely a lot of visitors love that oh can I give it a hug all that kind of stuff so just and, and I think most people are receptive to the concept of saying no problem when you just clean wash your hands beforehand yeah you know and hand washing you know will always be the best way to spread to stop spreading bugs what about things like hand sanitizer oh hand sanitizers work just as well they, if your hands are physically clean and obviously in the hospitals that's what we use all the time the alcohol hand sanitizers particularly if they've got alcohol level over 70 percent in the home situation will get rid of most of the, the bugs, the normal everyday bugs. Right. So and then of course the other thing is the basic hygiene at home. Do right. you know what I mean? That 
you know, when mums are doing things like a, you know, changing nappies, all that, that they would remember to do their hands before going back to baby and not try not to leave dirty nappies down around the place where then there may be, you know, other smaller kids, toddlers touching and stuff like that because just try to break the chain of, of infection as we call it. Yeah, and it can be so hectic when you come home with a brand new baby. I haven't done I, it yet with a toddler, but I'm about to and I'm terrified. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and sometimes it can be hard to even find the time for yourself after you've had a baby to find the time to get in the shower. I remember feeling like a shower time was like my most valuable time right after I had my son. But it is very important, I suppose, to... It is very yeah. important, particularly, I guess, if you've actually had... Because some women, as you know, might end up having a little bit of a tear at their yeah. perineum, which may need stitches. And it's really important to try and keep that area clean, yeah. right? Um, now, as you say, you may have time, particularly on your first baby, to, you know, have a shower or sit in a ba- warm bath just to, to the level of the buttocks to let it heal, you know, to keep it clean and all that. And that's fine. But there's other kind of practical things that you can do, like even just like a squishy bottle to keep it in the bathroom and have some water in it so that after you've been to the loo, yeah. like give yourself like a, a water douche. A spritz. We would, a spritz. <laughs> Absolutely. Just water. We would never recommend, you know, I mean, I know there's commercially available, you know, vaginal douche type things. That is not what I'm suggesting yeah. at all, right? Because <laughs> that changes the normal flora down there and you don't want to do that, you know, but just to make sure you clean, particularly after defecating. Okay. You know? Good. So keeping yourself clean. Keeping yourself clean as best you can, you know, and then the other things, the basic things like the cotton underwear. I mean, I know very few people after wearing, after having a baby will be thinking about wearing G-strings. But, you know, your nice big Bridget Jones knickers, as we call them, you know, get keeping your pads changed. Um, the other thing that's important, of course, particularly like we're talking about earlier, you're saying you're having a toddler now. Yeah. Toddlers quite often can have coughs and sore throats and things like that. And of course, you're going to be wiping their noses and doing the business. So then just even maybe clean your hands before you go yeah to tend to your own pads and things like that because you don't want babies or toddlers respiratory bugs getting in there because they can yeah. cause issues and problems as well well this is the thing especially if you have a child who's going to a crash or something i mean those places are basically like cesspools for genes <laughs> or it for is, germs but it, they're also a great place for kids to build, build immunity yeah absolutely of course we, you know i mean we might i might work in infection control but we still <laughs> value the concept of building people's own immunity yeah and do remember that the immunity you have you are given to your children yes and that in the household situation the people who live there they will all have the same sort of um bugs essentially i mean we all have bugs on us we have bugs in us we have bugs on us do you know what i mean yeah so you know i mean i know there's been studies done that has shown that a partners like as they've done like their microbiome and they change once they move in together right that as a couple they, 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 yeah. their microbiome changes and likewise with your children your children are going to end up basically having a similar sort of microbiome to what you have and they also have the immunity that you've given them yeah. as they get exposed and get grow older they grow greater immunity so it's important to be careful but maybe don't but get don't, so obsessive about it no need to be completely obsessive yeah okay perfect hands are the best way keeping your hands clean will definitely be the best way of, of helping you know your child to be protected and then of course as they grow older to teach them the same and keeping other people's hands clean as well and keep <laughs> other people's hands clean and getting that message out there that yeah. yours is a house where you clean your hands okay thank you so much no problem if you have a question about the pregnancy journey that you want answered chat to us on twitter at real mums podcast or visit realtalkwithrealmums.ie